Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one Hobbit-filled minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Norman Mitchell. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're going to be discussing Minute 9, which begins with that beautiful map of Middle-earth in Bilbo's study and ends with some hobbits and the line to ignore and be ignored. Um, so this is our first look at Hobbiton. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, and it's beautiful. It, it is. It's, it's so green. Yeah. Hobbiton is just so green and lush and vibrant. Um, we also get the beginning of what is honestly my favorite segment in this entire movie, which is concerning hobbits, <laughs> um, which isn't in the theatrical cut of the movie. Right. Uh, all that's there is like a little bit of the study coming around the corner, Bilbo looking at his book, and then there's a knock on the door and he shouts for Frodo. Mm. Like, so this is all cut in. Right. To like what is in the theatrical cut, like a 15 second bit. Because this was supposed to be the prologue right. before there was a prologue. Yeah. They, they were going to introduce you to Hobbiton and Bilbo and set up the Red Book and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, which is really cool. Uh, I love all of this. I, I think that this whole little concerning Hobbits bit is really funny. I think it's a really great lighthearted way to like introduce you to the world of Hobbits. Um, most of the jokes, all the jokes pretty much come in minute 10. Yes. Um, but we get to we get to see Bilbo just kind of like laughing to himself and being Bilbo um, in this little moment. We get to see our first shots of Bag End, which is also a really pretty set. Yeah. Uh, and they built two complete Bag End sets, uh, one Hobbit sized and, and one, one normal sized. Size, yeah. Um, so that they could film the actors walking around in the Hobbit sized one to make them look big. Right. And then film Ian Holm in the normal sized one. Or no, walk, walking around in an oversized one. Ian Holm walks around in a in a in a slightly oversized bag end, and then they all walk around in a really small bag end. I don't think it would be oversized though, because no, oh it's yeah, made I, I for guess you're hobbits. right. Yeah, yeah, made for hobbits. Yeah. Um. So it would be to scale. Yeah, but everything is a little like, still like looks a little over big to a lot of hobbits, like barrels and tools yeah, but, like, and stuff. Consider like our like houses now yeah. they're huge that's like, <laughs> true 12 foot ceilings yeah um i mean and bilbo is a wealthy hobbit yeah of course he'd have Bilbo's like Bilbo's a very wealthy hobbit. he'd have like like you know the pimp my crib or whatever like hey mtv this, <laughs> this is, is my crib, crib. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got some crystal yeah <laughs> uh you know with the epic movie made fun of that in their chronicles of narnia oh, bit. really yeah they That's did funny. um with um the satyr guy oh. having like a crib that was like a Mr. thing in epic movie yeah that's funny <laughs> so that that's funny that that comes up because c.s lewis and tolkien were friends in real yeah, life like we they really were except like except near the end of their lives they sort of fell out but like they were guys that knew each other these books came out at around the same time right um but yeah so we get to see bag end um i love the bag end set so pretty it's i want to so live pretty. there can we live there i mean i want cool. to go to there yeah can we go to there yeah i would love to um we also get um the fellowship of the ring title card in this minute yeah um which is like placed over bag end as it's rounding the corner to reveal bilbo mm. um it's about this was in a different place in the theatrical like that that title card I didn't even realize there was one until we watched this for yeah. like the 50th time. <laughs> it's really easy to miss because like you're not waiting for a Fellowship of the Rings title card. You've right. already seen 
I mean, the Lord of the Rings title card. We're nine minutes into the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, almost. Um, I mean, it happens at the eight minute and 11 second mark is when this like title card appears. Yeah. Um, and Elijah Wood mentions that originally it was over a map. Mm. Um, so, and it's been a long time since I've seen the theatrical. I'm wondering cat. if it was in the transition between the prologue and Bilbo in the study. It must have been. Uh, um, it really, it, it's really the only place it could have been. Yeah. Um, you, you get a, you get a, in this little bit here, you get your first real perspective shot to see how, how big hobbits are compared to like normal people. Right. When you see the farmers with their oxen. Mm. And it's a blink and you'll miss it moment. Mm. Um, and then there's that hobbit milking the cow. Yeah. Um, I love the faces of all these guys. Uh, Peter Jackson says something in the commentary that I think is uh, a little patronizing that they went and found people in this little New Zealand village of Matter Matter because he thought they looked like people from the backwoods to like be well, hobbits. I mean, he doesn't actually say He doesn't that. say it that way, but that's what he's saying. I mean, like... They, I thought they had such great faces. They do. They have, they have very expressive faces. Yes. Yeah. And... I but that's what he's saying. That's not what he says, but that's what he's saying. All right, Mr. Subtext. Like, but no, I think it's like, because it's very evocative of like, you know, like a a small town. In Middle England. Of, yeah. 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 Um, And I like how expressive their faces are. Oh, yeah. There's one guy in particular that's like the best in this little minute. Yeah. And then another guy that's like the best hobbit in the movie that we'll see later. <laughs> he just has the perfect face. It's so good. Uh, we, I don't know. This is like, this is a... Just like the last minute, there's really not a whole lot here. I like that um, we still get Bilbo. I don't know. I like, I like like older contemplative Bilbo. Yeah, like book writing Bilbo. And we get to see his handwriting. His, yeah. his, his putting because stuff down in the point, book. Because at this point, he's like seen some stuff. Yeah. Like he's 110, turning 111 in two days. Yeah. Um, he turns 121. As he'll drunkenly stammer. <laughs> We're getting ahead of ourselves again. No, I really like, um, like, the... Because in the prologue, you see the scope of Middle-earth. Yeah. And then I like that it's kind of scaled back a little bit, and it's a little more fun. Yeah. It's a little more, like, lighthearted. And uh, Peter Jackson wanted this to still be in the theatrical cut. Mm. But he felt like it was just kind of running too long with yeah. the narration. You were right. talking about this before. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it works. I really think that this concerning Hobbit bit works to set up the movie. Yeah. Like, I agree. despite being like, by the time we're done, almost 11 minutes of narration. Because, like, I like the, the juxtaposition of, like, the gritty, grungy battlefield filled. And it's very, the color palette shifts well, yeah, a lot. Because from, the slopes of Mount Doom, right. where there's all the it's ash very all washed out and gray. And gray. Yeah, and then the 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 road that Isildur gets jumped it's by the orcs blue. on is it's like bluish, but still kind of gray. Yeah, it's very it's very washed out still. Mm -hmm. And then it's very dark in the Misty Mountains in Gollum's cave. Right. And then the landscapes are very dark when Galadriel's talking about evil. And then we come to Hobbiton, mm. and, and it's, it's almost oversaturated. Oh, yeah. It's way oversaturated. It's really pretty. Yeah, it's like. The the blues of the sky and the greens of the grass are like what you imagine when you like close your eyes, like what summer look like. Yeah. 
It's like the Hobbiton. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Exactly. Hobbiton. Hobbiton. What? Um, um it it's gorgeous. Um yeah. and the set is amazing. And without this this bit of the prologue, without this concerning hobbits bit, you really only ever see back end. You That's don't get true. to see a whole lot. I mean, you see some of the sh- the you Hobbiton. see like the wide shot when Gandalf first shows up and yeah. all that, but like and you he rides through it and you know you have the birthday party and stuff. Yeah, but but you don't you don't get to see all the work they put into this whole right Hobbiton set because they they work they started landscaping like a year out so yeah. that everything would be lush and green and grown in, which is incredible. Like naturally, so they look natural yeah. and right. Which is so crazy because, like, now I feel like people would just, you know, go to a nursery, pick up some plants, put yeah. it in, you know, kind of... Prune them a little. Yeah, yeah. To kind of get the effect you're looking for. But no, they they naturally grew all these hedges and bushes and flowers yeah. and, like, transplanted trees and let them take root for a year. Yeah. And built hills and put all the little doorways and it's windows very, it's very and chimneys. Effective. Like, in the, in the um, behind-the-scenes stuff in the appendices, they talk about actually having smoke machines and all those chimneys right to make the smoke so that's real smoke not a digital effect that's so cool. like and it really just it all adds to hobbiton looking so real and lived in yeah um, because it's not like it's not like the superficial like movie magic right kind of thing i mean it is movie magic but like but it's, it's like, not it's not all it's not all digital right i mean the colors are saturated digitally right they i mean of course they edit it post-production but like yeah. that's the point of right you make it look more real than right. real like that's the idea um and it's supposed to be heightened it's fantasy yeah, yeah. um i don't really know if there's anything else to talk about in this minute we get the the hobbit theme we do get the shire theme yeah. i love the, the, the very beginning of it yeah um which is really nice um it's one of three themes that get repeated over and over and over and over again in this right. movie because we get the we get the Shire theme every time Frodo is like longingly looking off into the distance. Right. We get a little bit of the Shire theme, and the Ring theme is ever present. And right. then the Fellowship theme. There's like two versions because there's like the Fellowship theme that they use kind of like as the title card, mm-hmm. and then there's the more bombastic Fellowship theme that they use once the Fellowship is together and when they're doing like the walking montages right. and stuff. Because that's like that's the height of the Fellowship. Yeah. Exactly is walking uh, oh boy there's a lot of walking yeah. um but I, I think that's about it uh we, we we hear the third of our our three super iconic themes finally here in minute for, nine for this movie anyway for this movie um and, i mean uh, the ring theme and the shire theme we're going to continue to hear for three four movies right, yeah um and the fellowship theme you hear slightly different versions of i think oh really continuing yeah um, and then the, the trios, the, the trio has its own kind of theme. Mm. Um, Howard Shore is amazing. The music right. in this movie is incredible. Um, like we, we were talking a couple minutes ago about, um, the theme when Isildur dies and like, it, it's so, so good. It tells the story itself. Mm-hmm. You don't need a whole lot else going on. The music's really good at telling the story and that's like, a big success of Howard Shore. Right. Um, I believe I, he got an Oscar for this movie, I believe. Oh, yeah, he did. I think he got nominated at least for yeah. every movie, yeah. if not won it. Yeah. Because um, this movie won uh, three or four. And then like... Two Towers won two. Yeah. Which is perfect. <laughs> um, 
And then Return of the King. And then of course Return of the King. The Oscars uh, ever broke two records by winning most Oscars at an Academy Awards and winning everyone it was nominated for, uh, including Best Picture. It all starts here. Uh, it all starts here. Um, but I, think... I like. Well, I like that they included the Hobbit and like this concerning Hobbit scene too, um, because this is the only cut of the movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And like my dad was like, "You got to read the books first before we see the movie," which is really why the only reason why I didn't see it in theaters because yeah. I was like huffing, puffing, blah blah blah, because it took me forever to purist. finish the books. No, it took me forever to finish the books. Um, I'm saying your dad was a purist. Uh, yes, you got to read these. Yes. Um, and so I like that. I mean, even if I didn't have the background that I did reading the books first, this does a really good job. You know, like in the whole, there was a hole in the ground and in it lived a hobbit. Like, yeah, right. Like the, the first line of the hobbit. Not a smelly, nasty hole, but you know, one full of comfort and warmth. There's a hobbit hole and that means comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that bag end looks so comfortable. Oh my God. I want it. I want one. Um, but I like that because you have such a long time in the Shire comparatively to yeah. this movie. Um, it sets up everything you need to know about Frodo and yeah. Sam and like they're our heroes. So you see kind of like they're, they're, yeah, it's important to the hero's journey to see where right. the hero started. Exactly. And I like that they include it in here because yes, we get, you know, a lot of that from, the birthday party yeah and from i don't even know if the the prancing no the green dragon scene is in the theatrical cut i don't think it is okay so i mean we do get a lot of hobbit culture from the birthday party but this just does such a good job of setting that like stage so you can see his character development yeah where does he go yeah exactly i mean like like with the Star Wars trilogy, like yeah. you, you need to see Luke being a whiny farm boy before you see him yeah. being a badass Jedi. Right. You need to see him being a whiny farm boy, being pushed around by his uncle. Right. Like you need to see the inklings of what he can do exactly. before you, you embrace it. Right. Like, I mean, Star Wars has its own problems with kind of the telling of the hero's journey because of how quickly everything gets swept under the rug. But I mean, I mean, which Star Wars minute talks about. So, yes, they do. Um, you should listen to them too. They're awesome. Yeah, they're like the they're the one that started all this. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, they did the original trilogy, and we're doing the the new the new school trilogy. The new school trilogy. Um, but I think that's it for minute nine. We have more hobbits in minute ten, so we can talk more about hobbits in there. Yeah. Um, I I real I mean it. This in, of the Fellowship of the Ring. This is my favorite sequence in the movie. <laughs> um, it goes. It like. This is my favorite sequence of the movie overall. And then, like, the next sequence that I have always really, really loved Mm -hmm. is the chase out of Moria. Like, they're they're my two favorite sequences in this movie. Um, So, yeah. I'm really excited to to talk about Silly Hobbits. Yeah. Um, So, you should... If you have any questions, comments, criticisms, anything like that, you should email us. Concerns? (laughs) Uh, You should email us. uh, Contact at lordoftheringsminute.com or twitter at lotr minute and tumblr lotr minute.tumblr.com we also have a facebook you should leave us a five-star itunes review all you cool cats out there in real earth oh uh, my god 
you should also listen to the rest of Dueling Genres productions, uh, including The Doctor's Companion, which Cassandra is a constant co-host on. Yeah. Um, we talk about Doctor Who, if you like uh, Doctor Who. One story at a time. Uh, and right now they're doing, uh, or they're going through a lot of classic Who and jumping around a little bit from mm-hmm. Doctor to Doctor. It's really great stuff. I haven't had a whole lot of exposure to classic Who outside of uh, Tom Baker, so... I'm having a lot of fun watching and listening to some of this stuff because <laughs> uh, it's really silly. Uh, and then Geek by Night is kind of like their big, big thing. Um, and Geek by Night's really awesome about a bunch of nerds who gain superpowers. Yeah, um, it's our fictional audio drama. Yeah, it's radio awesome. Stuff, radio show. I've been very impressed. Well, thank you. I think it's very good. Uh, and if you really dig what we're what we're putting down, you can use the. Uh, we have a one-time donation button at duelinggenre.com slash support. You can also support us on Patreon. And uh, we'll hopefully have merchandise for Lord of the Rings Minute soon, but we already have merchandise for Geek by Night and uh, Doctor's Companion. Doctor's Companion. Back to the Future Minute. Back to the Future Minute. Which my co-host Scott and Nick do, and okay. it's wonderful. And they're on a hiatus at the moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. And uh, I hope everybody has a great rest of their day and really liked our podcast. (laughs) Five-star iTunes review. Oh, my God. All right. Have a good Thursday, everybody.